Listening Dog Media. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to The Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay and alongside me, back for more footballing fun, it's the brilliant Hayley McQueen. Hi Hayley. Oh, I like that. Brilliant. I'll take brilliant every day. <laughs> Hi everyone. <laughs> I only saw you yesterday and we spent the whole day lounging, didn't we? It was delicious. It was. But there's no lounging here. We've got some work to do and uh, without Lindsay Hooper. That's right. She's having a day off because she's, well, I think she's on her way to Goodison Park. She's definitely in the car somewhere, which will surprise hmm. No one. Uh, so we're replacing one busy reporter with another. It's Ali Bender. Hi, Ali. Hi, girls. Gosh, yeah. I mean, when when it's international break, it's supposed to be a bit of a break for me because I'm a Premier League reporter. But it just hasn't seemed to have calmed down. It's been so busy. People are football hungry. There's been sackings, of course, since we last mm. spoke. Hayley, all all manner of things going on. And and actually. Uh, Ali, I saw a great interview with you at the weekend. You were speaking to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after mm. the Manchester derby and actually hitting him back with a quote that you'd got from Harry Maguire about um, uh, about how the side had lacked belief, which I thought was a, was um, a great question. But I understand that you've got a few pelters <laughs> after it, which which is not perhaps what I what I wanted to hear. Yeah, it's been. It's been, a, it's been a bad few days on Twitter, I have to say. Social media, we know about social media's toxicity. And I think it's really important to kind of highlight this. But I mean, so what happened was as soon as I heard Harry Maguire say that the team lacked a bit of belief, I wrote it down on my pad because I was like, wow, I cannot forget that. That's that's that feels quite big. And then I put it to, to Ole straight after. And I actually didn't expect him to kind of come straight back at me and say, really, my team said that? Who said that? So I felt like a bit of a grass saying, you know, well, actually, it was your captain. It was Harry Maguire. Um, <laughs> And then having put the interview on social media, then of course everyone wanted to know where this Maguire quote was, um, how I got it. And I was accused of making it up. 
I was accused of just, oh. yeah, like all kinds of things, being a terrible Which, journalist, like knowing you, twisting his words. Yeah. And you just wouldn't do that. And you would never ask Ole Gunnar Solskjaer a no. question with a, with a, with a made-up quote. <laughs> Can you imagine? And it was a great question because you it saw was. Ole take, take kind of a little moment and probably break out of the manager spiel and answer the question properly, which which you don't always get from football managers, do you, Hayley, either? It, take, it takes something mm. sometimes to put them on the back foot or just to ask something different to make, to make them give you perhaps a more genuine, authentic answer. Yeah, and, and also, so often you hear the same kind of questions being asked. We hear so many different outlets. You've got, you know, BBC, ITV, Sky, Premier League and all the other foreign press as well, all asking the same managers questions about the same game, the same incidents. And you all try and word it a little bit differently. It's and sometimes so boring, as a reporter, it? it's really clever when you think outside the box and you try and get something different out of a manager. And that's what we actually want to hear. So I think you've done your job and you've not just done your job, you've been very Excelled thorough, at your job, I think. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I try, I really am trying, because I've been doing this a long time. And of course, in the beginning, I did used to play it safe because I didn't want to stand mm. out. We've spoken about this before as well. Being female, you want to kind of look like the, the other. So I remember watching and listening to people like Jeff Shreves and, and almost copying the way they did things because I wanted to mm. just blend in. But now I've been doing it a long time. I kind of try and have a bit more of a conversation with the managers and the players to get to know them a bit. I mean, I even asked Ole the other week, like how he was. I was like, you know, is it, are you okay? Is you know, it's really tough when the world is kind of coming down on you. And I asked him how he kind of yeah. switches it off from it all. And I, I also think it's really important for fans to understand that you shouldn't sensationalise something when, you know, so if, for example, Harry Maguire did say, which he did, that they lacked a bit of belief, is that such mm. a terrible thing to say? I mean, everyone's literally, not only did I get the pelters, but he was getting, you know, so much abuse. How dare, how dare our captain say that? And I'm thinking, well, do you want to know what he really feels inside? Or do you want to hear a made up cliche? Because he can give you that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So I still think play. if we're asking players to be raw and open and tell us how they're feeling inside, we can't then beat them with that quote. I just think it's it's got out of control. So I'm trying to do it in a way where I'm getting people to to you know say things they believe, but actually not sensationalise it. Kind of talk about it and see how you know how yeah. they can overcome it. How did you deal with it then? Ali, because you got a bit of dog's abuse on on um, social media, just just because I don't think I've I've ever had kind of a pylon like that. How did you deal with it? Yeah, I mean, I've started to know the way the way to do it now. So with Twitter, I always keep it very straight. Um, if you if you then go if you sort of let people know that you've got to them and say, you know, I was going to say, listen, you know, I deserve an apology because here's the quote and he did say it and I didn't make it up. So if you go down that route, I think then it just spirals and it carries on. Mm. So I just I literally kept it very straight and I said, hi guys, you know, the reason I didn't post the interview is because I didn't have the rights to it. Um, I still can't post it. It's a Croatian interview, but here are the quotes. And I just put the quotes down and just left it like that and then switched it off, to be honest, and went away for well 24 done. hours. Um, but then on Instagram and TikTok, which I feel is a much nicer platform, a much safer place, I kind of used it as, a, as an example of why we need to be a bit better. Because I kind of thought, mm -hmm. if you can't use this as an example, you know, you, you want people to know that it, it, it's wrong and how yeah. can we do this better? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, TikTok's a younger generation, so I kind of hope that they learn to be nicer fans, frankly. Well, it's also great advice for young reporters as well, uh, um, Ali, which I know that you're doing a lot about. You've got, you've launched um, a website and uh, you've got podcasts too, speaking to people within the industry. So um, hopefully through um, something that was um, a bit of a pain for you at the time, um, other people can benefit from that. It's just 
it's just a shame that it still happens, but it sounds like you yeah. dealt with it with a lot of grace and humility, which yeah, is what absolutely. I'd expect from a very experienced reporter such as yourself. We've got the England fixtures coming up, haven't we? So we, we are coming yeah. into an international break. Um, England three points ahead of Poland in their World Cup qualifying group. They need four points from the games against Albania, which is on Friday, and San Marino on Monday to qualify for their seventh consecutive World Cup, which... I think should be should be okay. Um, they've had a few injury problems though, haven't they, this week? Rashford and Shaw have had to withdraw. Ward Prowse and Mount are doubts. But good news for Emil Smith Rowe. He's been called up after scoring in his last three league games. Did you hear about the chef, Hayley? Apparently it's it is his chef that makes all the difference. Oh really? Is yes. It? Yes. I love was, that story. It's yeah, brilliant, he was wasn't it? Sort of told to kind of work on his diet, wasn't he? And his kind of all round body, nutrition, etc. And I think he has a personal chef out every day visit him, does he, Ali? It wow. seems very luxurious, yeah. but it's obviously doing the job. Chris, apparently. I mean, fair play <laughs> to him. Chris. Chris, so he's, he lives with his mum. Obviously, he's only 21. We forget this. Bless, you know, and his mum, I think Fiona, has been booted out of the kitchen. She's pretty delighted. She's been cooking for 21 <laughs> years. I know what it's like trying to find healthy stuff. So I like the fact, again, you know, we talk about footballers being open. I love the fact that he said, yeah. you know, very openly, I love chocolate. I love Nando's. I'm not hydrating myself enough. And I used to get cramp after 60 minutes. And I've realised wow. the difference that nutrition has made. And so it's these really tiny, small tweaks um, how lovely to have a chef come round and do yes. that. And you hear this about a lot of footballers. And suddenly he says that, you know, all these goals and assists and a call up for England. Just chatting through the other home nations then. So Scotland need to beat Moldova on Friday to secure a playoff place. Wales need four points from two home games against Belarus and Belgium for a playoff spot. So um, both of those in the balance. Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland, of course, out of contention. All right, well, let's turn our attentions to what's coming up on the show. We learnt this week that Erling Haaland is friends with a chess player. They call it a checkmate, apparently. Uh, but what other crossover footballer friendships are there? We'll be looking at that. And has anyone seen Mason Mount's wisdom teeth? Not the rest of his mouth, that's for sure. He's been absent from England duty yeah. after having them whipped out. Uh, so let's get some other bizarre footballing injuries, shall we? That one just about fits. But first, we're five managers down this season already, and wow. it's got us thinking about the harshest seconds. If you can't do the work, you're fired. If we find a cheaper jerk, you're fired. And actually, you know what? I hadn't realised until I saw a little stat. I had no idea that there are more sackings in the Premier League already now in November than there were all of last season. I was really shocked by that. Yeah, five down already. I'd actually yeah. written that in my notes, but you can have it, Hayley. <laughs> yesterday. Sorry. But Sorry. you're right, it is, it is absolutely notable. One of those five managers was Dean Smith. He was given his marching orders as manager of Aston Villa last Sunday, two days after Southampton beat them 1-0. That was their fifth consecutive defeat. He left Villa in 16th, uh, two points above the relegation zone. But when he took over, they were 15th in the championship, secured promotion via the playoffs. They survived the 1920 season. They reached the Carabao Cup final before finishing 11th last season. This felt a bit harsh. I think so anyway. Yeah. And losing your best player, Grealish as well. Yes, exactly. So today let's talk about some other examples of sackings that might have been a bit unfair, a bit premature, maybe. Ali, what do you think? <laughs> 
Do you know, I love this topic because um, when I worked for Premier League, I worked with the lovely Leroy Rossinho. I don't know if you girls have worked yeah. with him before. He's the nicest pundit yeah. ever. And we always used to remind him because it, he will always be in the record books as the manager who was sacked after the shortest tenure <laughs> because he was only in charge for 10 minutes. And it's just, I think it was 12 minutes to be exact. And um, we, you know, we bring it up at all, all costs. But it, it wasn't his fault at all because the, um, the new owner, or sorry, the owner sold his 51% um, share of the club. And so it was the new consortium who came in and they decided they wanted Paul Buckle as the new manager instead. So literally, like, te- imagine being announced, getting all excited, and then 10 minutes later, sorry, you got the sack. Um, but there's quite a few out there. I mean, like, you know, Gus Poyet was informed while he was actually working. He was, he was at the BBC working on a Confederations Cup game, Uruguay against Tahiti. And he found out, like, a, a statement was read out by Brighton and Hove Albion, passed to him, basically saying that he'd been relieved of his em- employment. So he was on air and learned it that way and and said he didn't know anything about it. So, you know, Dean Smith might feel hard done by, but there's definitely a few kind of who want that, the last chocolate Mm. brownie, if you know the the film (laughs) I'm talking about. (laughs) Hayley. Okay, well, it's one of the nicest men in football and I was with him just last week and he's out of work right now. It is Chris Hewton. He was called upon to go and host some events for the League Managers Association. And of course, he's just the man that says yes to everything. People love working with him. Players respect him. He's really gentle. He's really kind. This is going a little bit way back. I just remember it because it was on my birthday and um, we share the same birthday. Well, we're a day apart. Okay, it's it's a December birthday. I'm friends with his daughter so I'm always fighting over whether she comes to my birthday or whether she goes to her dad so we just have one big (laughs) joint birthday party I see her dad these days more than her but I still feel aggrieved at his sacking by Newcastle all the way back and you just look how much of a mess they've been in since he left they were in turmoil when he when he took over actually as caretaker boss he instilled harmony they were thrashed there was this game in pre-season by Leighton Orient they had a horrendous pre-season there was a mass exodus of, of first team players who just didn't want to basically play in the championship he took them to the top flight he lost four matches en route to, 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 to lifting the title there they were in 11th place they were in the Premier League everything was going great and they just decided to dispense of him and that was it it was a a 3-1 defeat at West Brom okay he hadn't been on the best of runs but whenever Chris Hewton gets sacked I always feel a bit sad because he's such a lovely man and I always think oh he's I know he's not soft because you're not going to be in management and be able to deal with the big characters if you are a soft character yourself I just think oh I just I just picture him at home just looking really sad and, and, and a little <laughs> oh, bit lonely. I know. But the fans do feel for him, don't they? They always, yeah. whenever you hear that, I, I think there was a real kind of a backlash because he is he is the nice guy. And, and yeah, I just don't think people like to hear of it. And I actually think it was much more about Newcastle than it was about Chris Hewton, yeah. wasn't it? They were just spiralling out of control and, and have probably, you know, hopefully only just about come out of that period of their history. But yeah, I... I, th- I think he probably stayed longer than most at the club. I have got, well, sort of another one here where you think, where, where, where you look at where the club are now and when they dispensed of the manager and what's happened since. And I'll highlight Poch at Spurs because yeah. for so long he was getting, you know, wonderful things from his players. I think you've got to offset this with the fact that the club had finished in the top four three times in the 25 years prior to Poch taking over at Spurs in 2014. He did that in four of his five years in charge. 
reached two FA Cup semi-finals. Remember the Champions League final as well after beating Dortmund, Man City and Ajax along the way. So he was achieving great things. There were, you know, patchy runs in the Premier League. But I think he was, well, I think he was fired with the idea that the grass was greener. And actually, I know Antonio Conte's come in now and you could say, well, perhaps, perhaps this is what the club is looking for and perhaps this will be the turnaround you know to them actually kind of winning things on a regular basis but when you think about what's happened between Poch going and Conte arriving it does make you think like should they not just have stuck with him all the drama all the expense since then should they not just have just have stuck with someone who was doing really well in the context of it all yeah, I think so. I, I definitely think, you know, Mourinho was not the answer there. No, and that, really actually, wasn't. I'm so chuffed for him at Paris Saint-Germain, the fact that he gets to work with Messi, because, and as an Argentinian himself, I just think how, you know, all's well that ends well. You know, I, I often talk about this, I sort of think, you know, at, when he left Spurs, you could tell, I mean, he spoke about how sad he was, and he spoke about how he, he sort of felt that he had a big project going on. And so it's nice to kind of see things turn around. But I think one of the um, Tottenham managers that was most harshly done by, I always remember this moment when um, when Martin Yole was in charge and it was, it was a, he was sacked during a game, wasn't he? And it was a UEFA Cup game. And I remember it so well because they were they were panning around the, the, the ground and you could see all the fans were texting each other. And it was like, he was almost like the last to know. Everyone knew, everyone was <laughs> chanting. And then they kept zooming into his face and I said, I still remember his face and it kind of reminded me a little bit of Nuno's face when everyone was booing when he made that Bergwijn Moura substitution. So there's always these like key moments that you never forget. Um, and that was one of them. So yeah, there's been a few harsh sackings over the years, hasn't there? But you know, they, mm. they do get some nice payoffs as well. So let's balance that one out. Claudio Ranieri at Leicester City. I mean, come on, you get rid of the guy who took a 5,000 to one team. <laughs> won the Premier League in 2015-16. They lost just three games, finished 10 points ahead of Arsenal. Okay, they lost Kante that summer to Chelsea and only spent uh, £24 million. But goodness me, he'd done so much for the club. I know they obviously had a bit of a stutter when when he left the club. Um, They won five of their opening 25 league games. They were 17th in the table and he was gone. But he did quite well in Europe, didn't he? Lost just one of the six Champions League group games. I mean, that is incredible for a team that, you know, not used to playing in Europe. Players who've come up from non-league clubs, of course. Yeah, he was fired after they lost um, 2-1 to Seville in the last 16 first leg. They had Craig Shakespeare take over. I just think it's really sad for everything that Leicester City went through. And sometimes, yeah, you do need a little bit of a change. But wouldn't it have been nice to see what he could have done and what he could have bought and, and, and allow him the next transfer window? to kind of shake things up. He lost Kante, which was absolutely huge. But you look at the players that they still had on their books and you just look at the experience that Ranieri has had. They were never going to get relegated. Of course, they were never going to get relegated. He would have turned it around, but we'll never know, will we? But I just think because of the love that the fans felt for Ranieri and the the emotions that they all went through and just the incredible, one of the most incredible football stories of my lifetime anyway. To think that it ended like that, it was just a bit sad. You always get, don't you, the line that the dressing room um, were no longer on his side. So I'm thinking about Nuno, I'm thinking about Poch as well at Spurs, you know, you you sort of hear these lines out of the club that the players had stopped playing for the manager. But I just wonder whether sometimes isn't it yeah I just wonder whether that's true actually I I do feel a bit ranty about this because it it, I heard all these quotes like anyone could have like any manager kind of 
won the league with this bunch of players because they were they were so driven and, and all the rest of it. Because, I mean, they, this are a bunch of very average players who won that league that season. And, and you know, even the, the small things that Ranieri did, like the pizza mm. for clean sheets and all that, you know, it might have been a bit strange and it might not have been what we're used to from managers, but it worked. Mm. And I always think there's a psychology element to any sort of coaching management and and it did work and i and i think i I was hearing i don't know whether it was schmeichel or there was there was a few players that were kind of saying you know actually the manager didn't do much or something and i felt that was really unfair having achieved what they achieved Mm, wow Wow, excuses excuses huh who knows well here's one from me actually uh, and it's a recent one if we go back to last season we were talking about how we've lost five managers already this season in fact Haley, i can beat your stat by telling you there's the highest number of departures at this stage of a season for 17 years believe it or not so there there, there has definitely been some heightened activity going on Um, i wonder whether it is that kind of pandemic effect because so few went last season one of the managers to go last season Season, just before Christmas as well, which is slightly why it's been made harsh by me. Slava Bilic, who was in charge of West Brom, um, he was actually doing okay. He got them promoted the season before. The club were in the relegation zone, but just two points from climbing out of it. And they'd literally just held, I don't know if you can remember this, held Man City to a really credible draw. Basically, to make matters worse, um, not only did they get rid of him after that draw, it emerged that the club had interviewed candidates before the match against City had taken place. Social media went mad about this at the time because it was just, well, so unprofessional. Um, As we know, Sam Allardyce took over and managed to trash his own record of never being relegated as a manager. So Hmm. again, was that worth them doing? Bilic went off to the Chinese Super League where he's probably earning megabucks and having a very nice time of it. But in that instance, I think it was harsh. Oh, something's just popped up on my screen that Aston Villa have officially appointed Steven Gerrard. Um, I have to say, I'm, I, I'm, I'm feeling that's quite a good appointment. You know, he always wanted to get back in the Premier League. I think that it's no secret that he was always going to eventually take over at Liverpool one day. And I do think that it would be nice for him to have some Premier League experience before um, he goes there. I mean, I think Villa, what, what a great club and, and got so many good players to develop for him. I think he's done a brilliant job at Rangers. So yeah. I, I, I think well, he's been there for three and a half years, hasn't he? Which is which is sort of longer than you think if you think, oh, it's been a couple of seasons. But he has paid his dues there. And I think you're right. If there's a good time to do Rangers it. Rangers fans will be, they will be gutted. Yeah, of course they, they will. They will yeah. be gutted. Rangers, they will be absolutely gutted. So, and I think he'll take Gary McAllister and all of his crew as well with him to Aston Villa. I think he'll do really good things. There. And I hope that he does to to ensure he gets that dream move that he wants of course to go to Liverpool maybe when when Klopp leaves or or maybe some other time right now just a little too soon as Ali said he does need that Premier League experience managing and Aston Villa are a big club and I think he'll really enjoy it I just hope that he does well enough so it doesn't ruin his chances of then going on to become uh, the Liverpool manager and that he succeeds there and actually just really enjoys it I think we'll really enjoy having him back in the Premier League as well Oh, mm. it'd be great. And he, you know, he knows Perslow as well um, from Liverpool days, which will really help when it comes to recruitment. Mm. I also think, like, who wouldn't want to play for Gerard? Like, that's a, that is a manager that would excite me if I was a player of any level, to be honest. Mm. So I think that, you know, January is, is obviously massive for, 
for him as well. That's so exciting to have him back as a Liverpool fan as well. I'm 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 thinking I think that that, that his first game should be Brighton, shouldn't it? Because we, we've obviously got the international game now. Oh, yeah. So it's really exciting to have him back. Let's hope he's not a topic of discussion on the harshest sackings in years to come on this podcast, yeah. shall we? Okay, let's wrap that up then and move on to strangest football injuries. Right, so this has been inspired by Mason Mount. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on social media, but there is an absolutely hilarious video of him in the car after he's had his wisdom teeth out. He hasn't been able to meet up with the England squad yet because of it. And uh, the clip which was shared on social media uh, <laughs> was utterly hilarious. He's, he's clearly feeling the effects of the anaesthetic. He labelled the doctors the goats and said he was half human and half great whale because of the size of his teeth. <laughs> Apparently there were huge teeth in a little box that he was carrying back with him in the car. Um, I still don't know actually yet whether he'll be able to feature for England over this international break, but it did get us thinking about other strange reasons that footballers have had to withdraw from international duty, uh, maybe strange injuries that they've suffered. Um, who wants to come in first with this one? Hayley? I found a hilarious one. Um, this is fairly recent as well. Rami Kaib, who played for Dutch side Herenveen, had um, taken a knock during a league match, okay? So he'd sustained a slight injury, but the big injury came due to eating a carrot. Um, <laughs> yeah, Omrop Friedman reported, um, and this is a quote from him, Kaib got a big knock on his jaw during a game a while ago. He just continued training and of course eating. Well, he had a carrot, and that carrot was quite hard. And then crack, a broken jaw, a carrot. Ow. So that's right. Well, it doesn't he sound very out. macho, does it? When you tell no. your mates you broke your jaw on a carrot. I know. So I, I I, think they kept it quiet that it was the carrot and the broken jaw. They just made <laughs> out. It was the knock that he picked up during a game. That's <laughs> Style it out a little crazy. bit, huh? Yeah. So there you go. Um, there are some really famous examples, aren't there? Didn't didn't Rio Ferdinand, I don't know, pull a muscle reaching for a remote control? Oh no, that was that was David James. He pulled a muscle reaching for a remote control. I think Rio Ferdinand pulled a muscle playing a computer game yeah, or something. Wow. But I love the slightly sort of comedy ones that you wish weren't out there. Um, Casey Keller. Uh, do you remember him? Goalkeeper yeah. is at Tottenham and Leicester. Um, he should be really good with his peripheral vision, right? As a goalkeeper. You'd think. Not, <laughs> not so much when you're heading out for a few rounds of golf, though. Apparently, he pulled his golf clubs out of the boot of the car, only to smash himself in the face with them and knock his front oh. teeth out. No <laughs> way! Which, I know that's unfortunate, but that, I mean, that he must have pulled them out with some force, yeah. right? Wow, to <laughs> knock your own teeth out. Sort of face plant. Um, Ali, what have you got? Yeah, there's some really funny ones out there. Um, I love this one. Adam Chapman from Oxford United um, burnt his nipple <laughs> on some baby milk. So he basically got up in the middle of the night, got his baby some milk. What a lovely, what a good dad. Um, oh, shook the bottle up and down, okay. but didn't put the lid back properly. We've all been there. And he burnt his chest. So um, that's quite a funny one. 
And slightly so, worried about how hot this baby's milk is, to be well, fair. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. I mean, I mean, it's actually a good job that he did burn his nipple with it because rather the nipple than the mouth of the baby. And oh, it also yeah. must be quite confusing for that for that baby to see, you know, milk on dad's nipple. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking like, no, this is all wrong. It's all the wrong way yeah. around. Don't understand this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Besant, um, former Chelsea goalkeeper, he injured his foot because he dropped a bottle of salad cream but obviously the footballer instinct kicked in. So we kind of tried to like keep you up here, basically. Um, and yeah, I think broke or, or injured part of his foot, which is always wow. quite funny. And yeah. created a big old mess, I imagine, as well. Talking yeah. of dropping things on feet, this is a good one. How did a bottle of aftershave launch the career of 21-year-old Iker Casillas? Well... He had to go in goal because Santiago Canizares missed out on being Spain's number one for the 2002 World Cup because he dropped a bottle of aftershave on his foot and it severed a tendon. So he had bare feet in his bathroom. Smash. Yeah, so a 21-year-old Casillas went in goal and then what happened? Well, what a career he had. 167 caps he won. Um, it was actually a record recently surpassed by Cristiano Ronaldo and Sergio mm. Ramos. Just to, just to and extra, add extra points in. for you as well, Hayley, for getting the international duty in there as well. Um, exactly, completely yeah. what On we topic. asked for. <laughs> yeah. I wondered whether you guys have suffered any injuries at work. I got thinking about this because there's quite a famous clip from ESPN Colombia. They sort of have that, you know, soccer Saturday sit up where they're, um, set up where they're all sat around a desk and the camera's on them. They've got kind of main Stelling type guy in the middle. And suddenly you see part of the set. So it's basically a wall oh, yes. fall from the left-hand side <gasps> onto the reporter. I mean, it, it looks like it's going to chop him in too because he's literally impaled kind of across oh. the desk. And you, you, you just fear for the worse. The guys with, I mean, the kind of look on these fellow presenters' faces is just like, one of them really kind of professionally managed to send them to a commercial break. But I mean, it looked horrific. But really, luckily, I mean, it must have been a light piece of scenery because he only suffered minor injuries. Have either of you suffered an injury at work? Yeah, actually, I I have, you know, I didn't think about it until you just said that. But um, well, sort of not really an injury, but all it could have been. So when I was when I was over in La Liga, I was at a really harsh ground, Osasuna, um, in Pamplona, which is where they do the running of the bulls. So, you know, if I said I got injured in Pamplona, you might think I was chasing down the bulls. But I was just pitch, I was pitch side with my Real Madrid microphone. And the, the fans are very passionate, quite violent, to be honest with you. They did not like the fact that I was a Real Madrid reporter and they were throwing stuff at me. They were throwing, it's really bad actually, like young girl, throwing yes. little miniature bottles of alcohol. They were throwing lighters. Oh, oh my God. I actually took some photos because it, uh, the ground beneath me was just like scattered with stuff and I managed to dodge it. But um, yeah, it could have been quite dramatic. Blimey. Bad, I, um, I mean, this 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 feels like small fry alley now after you've given us that story. But I, I, in all seriousness, can claim to have fractured my big toe in the Emirates car park, oh. car park below the Emirates. It was when it was first built. I was working for Arsenal TV at the time. And I just wasn't looking where I was going, probably on my phone, trying to work out who I was interviewing next or where I was going. <laughs> and, um, and I stubbed my big toe in the car park so much so that it took me two years of steroid <gasps> injections no. to kind of no get way. over it. And even now, I still have what I call my Emirates toe which is um, uh, which is the oh. fact that I can't wear heels for very long without it kind of hurting. So there you go. That's a proper that's a proper football injury, football well, yes, reporter injury. Yes. Hayley, have you ever been 
impaled by yeah, anything? A, a, a few, I think just the kind of general falling over. And, and now I obviously wear sensible footwear. I look at girls and stuff who are reporting pitch side and heels and high, like, no, mm, no yeah. longer. But I used to be that girl. I remember getting my Me heels too. stuck in the mud as well, sort of pitch side. <laughs> Classic, yeah. Periphery. Yeah. And I'm kind of walking away and my heel was like stuck in, in the Leaving mud. Leaving your shoe and, in the ground as you oh, walked God, off. Just yes. like sort of embarrassing kind of things, maybe not necessarily completely injuring myself. That is embarrassing though, isn't it? When it, when it sticks right yeah. in and you feel like such a bimbo I, I've had that yeah. when I was doing some stuff at Chelsea they asked me to walk into the center circle I was wearing heels I just didn't think about it and oh I'm so pleased no video exists of that because <laughs> at each step it was just sinking sinking <laughs> I just felt such an idiot and you try and walk on the balls of your toe and then you look even more oh, dolly bird and you look even Dude. more of an idiot yeah God. yeah I've got I've got scars haven't I Kate I've talked about this plenty of times oh, so yes. I won't bore you with it all again of Champions League defeat on my hand a big nasty gash on my hand where I fell over on the dance floor um <laughs> this was when Manchester United were commiserating Champions League defeat to Barcelona I thought it was going to a celebration party but no they, they lost badly but they still had a bit of a party in the team hotel on a rooftop and it was a dance floor and it was a bit slippy because we were all there with our drinks and I fell and my glass broke I still had it in my hand I was still trying to hold on to the precious drink which I did but unfortunately it <laughs> smashed and a big chunk of glass went Priorities into my hand wrong. that was completely it and it, it was as we know Cristiano Ronaldo to the rescue he happened to have his toilet bag with him uh, underneath his table and he had some tweezers in there and we were all we sat and picked picked the glass I, out of my hand I mean that wow that's that a claim tells to us a lot about no. Cristiano well, Ronaldo I hadn't it? realized how bad it was I just sort of carried I was just more bothered about the fact I, I've told you this haven't I Kate I had a wrap on like I'm a dress that was a wrap over and I fell on my front and I was just thinking oh my god has the dress like flipped up and everyone's seen like my bum oh. my, my big granny pants I think I did have big pants on at the time because it was you know <laughs> The story just gets better and better. I know. And I, I kind of got up and stood up and there was blood dripping off my elbow from, from my hand. And Ben Foster was like, oh, because they were all sort of, oh, she fell over, she fell over. And then Ben was like, no, I think we need to stop with the chanting now. She's actually really hurt herself. He was like, oh, if anyone knows about hand injuries, it's me. So they actually did. They did come to the rescue and help me. So patch you up. Very nice. And luckily, Aww. Ronaldo left, didn't he, and went to Madrid. So... Thank he managed tweezers. Yeah, I didn't have to worry about the embarrassment of, of that situation um, in, a, in a conversation. <laughs> but now that he's... Season. Yes, anyway, now that he's back at Manchester United, uh, yeah. you never know. Anyway, let's wrap that up there and get into sporting crossovers. But not before I remind you that this week's uh, The Athletic Women's Football podcast is out. Uh, myself and Lindsay are joined by former Chelsea, Arsenal and England player Katie Chapman. And our special guest this week is Manchester United forward Alessia Russo. Um, it's a great chat. We catch up on the weekend's fixtures, but also uh, a look ahead to what's coming up this week. Always really good insight. That's The Athletic Women's Football podcast Okay, so sporting crossovers, this has been inspired by Erling Haaland, who was in the stands watching Dortmund's clash against Ajax last week. He's out, of course, until December. When Twitter realised that he was actually watching the game with the world's number one chess player and fantasy football legend, Magnus Carlsen. Apparently they're buddies, who'd have thought it? So other odd partnerships, friendships, weird crossovers between sports, please, is what I'd like from you. Hayley, do you want to get us started with this? Okay, what about Troy Deeney 
and Anthony Joshua. This is a great friendship. They're both from Watford. They met in a barbershop, and this was actually in the build-up to Anthony Joshua training um, for the Olympics back in uh, 2012. They bonded over similar backgrounds and the fact that they did make mistakes growing up. Um, so they were both having a trim. Joshua was training to then go on and win a, win a gold medal, and, and Troy said, I noticed he had his food with him. I thought it was a bit unusual to be eating while he was getting his hair cut, so I asked him what's for lunch. He said he was a boxer. He was going to represent Britain at the Olympics and was going to run the five miles home as well so he was just putting some fuel in the tank he said I thought fair play and we just got talking it was never a case of "Ooh, you're a boxer can I be your mate none of that beep and he said yeah I just respected he was working hard towards a goal every conversation we've had since then has been straight down the barrel no gray areas no bull they're still good friends now Deanie obviously goes and watches him fight. I'm guessing that Anthony Joshua comes and watches him play. And he said um, as well, he said, yeah, I, I missed the Olympics. He said, Troy Deeney, I was locked up when he fought at the Olympics, but I was banging on my cell door when he won the gold medal. So yeah, they've both had tough upbringings. We know about Deeney's past. And um, yeah, they've both formed this friendship and really helped each other and spurred each other on quite literally in their Very careers. Nice. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Ali. Yeah, I mean, there's um, there's a lot of footballers who love the NBA, don't they? And I know that when they come to town to play, you just get like every single footballer there. But I know that the NBA star Kevin Garnett is a huge Chelsea fan. And he came down to the training ground. He met Denver Barr and Andre Scherler at Cobham. But he said that this isn't the first time that he's actually tried to get in um, to meet some of the Chelsea players. And apparently back in 2007, he was obsessed with Didier Drogba. <laughs> and they were, they were were the Chelsea team were, were in LA at pre-season, doing pre-season training. And um, he tried to actually sneak in to kind of meet Didier Drogba. And uh, and he says that that they had he says they had a bit of a crazy manager Jose Mourinho at the time who just wasn't having any of it, but I I do remember because I was on that trip that at one point they actually kind of made a a bit of an arrangement that the players could all get together and the Chelsea players could shoot some hoops and the basketball players can have a go at like striking and you know so there was a little bit of a kind of a, a budding friendship that kind of sprung out of that preseason trip and and some of them have remained. Um, friends ever since. Very nice. I kind of lost the memo despite having the script and kind of helping with the topics. Um, I lost the memo about it being sporting crossovers because I thought that that was just too predictable. So I've just gone for random footballer friendships, if that's okay. Um, the first one um, I had evidence of a few weeks ago, Alan Shearer is pals with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, absolutely. They were both at a Premier League event, but they appeared to be quite friendly anyway. Shearer presented Arnie with a Newcastle shirt and there were pictures also of him uh, posing with a sword as well. And um, the pictures that he posted, I thought, had a very funny twist on them. Funny for Alan Shearer. Um, He put the caption, Toon Arnie beneath it which I thought was very good a series of white and black emojis Um, but lots of pictures flowing backwards and forwards between them so I think that that was a friendship already so there you go Alan Shearer and the Terminator what about Frank Lampard and Kevin Peterson? That's right. Um, Peterson, well, he's a big Chelsea fan. You probably know this, Ali. He lives in the area as yeah. well, or he did. I don't know if he, he's still there. He's good friends with Ashley Cole, John Terry and Lampard. And actually, he apparently urged um, Roman Abramovich to give Frank Lampard a new contract in 2013. And he did. I'm sure Kevin Peterson will claim that that's how he got his new contract. <laughs> but it was probably the fact that mm. Frank Lampard is a legend and... A great footballer. But anyway. You're not getting yeah. commission anyway. There's the Drake curse as well, yeah. isn't oh, there, Ali? Yes. Do you remember that? There was a spate of people getting pictures <gasps> mm-hmm. with Drake for then things to oh, go yeah. terribly wrong for them. 
Yeah, that happened to a load of players, didn't it? It happened to Aguero and Pogba. Every time you basically have a picture with him, you end up losing a game. So stay away. I'm sure they don't want any more picks. <laughs> um, did you know that Piers Morgan is really good friends with Cristiano Ronaldo? And the story of how they met um, was brought to light recently. Um, Piers Morgan basically said that the relationship began in a pretty random way. Cristiano Ronaldo sent Piers Morgan an Instagram message a few years ago saying, hello, sir, how are you? I saw your murder documentary on Netflix. I find it fascinating to see you interview these murderers. Wow. So Piers wow. Morgan gets that okay. message and thinks, oh, wow, wow, okay, great. And he said he sort of pulled himself together after the initial shock of getting a message from Cristiano Ronaldo about murderers. <laughs> uh, and he said he um, replied back, um, I'd find it fascinating to interview you one day, Ooh, he clever. said. Proper, yeah, nice. exactly. Proper which clever you did, journalist. Which you did. Um, to which Ronaldo replied, I haven't killed anyone. <laughs> he did, of course, go on to interview Ronaldo. Uh, and they've since become good friends. I think Ronaldo has And Piers has his pinned tweet, doesn't he? The fact that Ronaldo said he had good abs. Yes. Oh, and yes. he loves that. And, yes. he, and he retweets it at various oh. intervals. Whenever any, any um, whenever Ronaldo does anything new, he'll go, oh, yeah. He told me I had good abs and the retweet comes. So if you didn't know he was good mates with Cristiano Ronaldo, you certainly will if you uh, yes. spend any time on Twitter. I think I don't follow him. That's probably why I didn't know that. Sorry, Piers. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to any other business. Right, well, this is the time each week when we talk about stories under the radar that we might not have picked up on otherwise. Who wants to get us started? Have you seen that crazy story? I just, I'm, ser I'm seriously blown away by this. I've never heard anything like this. But the Paris Saint-Germain midfielder, Aminata Diallo, yeah. she's been arrested yes. in connection with an alleged attack on her teammate, Kaira Hamrui. And I mean, so they both, basically both play for this. They play, both play in the same position yeah. for club and country in the midfield, right? And they were in a car together after a Paris Saint-Germain dinner. And then Keira was dragged out of the car by two masked men and beaten with metal poles. She went to hospital and had stitches. And it meant that she wasn't able to play the Real Madrid game on the Tuesday. And who plays in her place but Aminita, uh, sorry, Aminata Diallo. And then Aminata gets arrested. And they are saying at the moment that they're looking for a connection um, between you know, her and actually the, this attack, which you've just never heard anything like this. A teammate being involved potentially in another teammate's attack. It, it's insane, yeah, this story. It is under investigation. But I know, Hayley, we were talking about this last night because it was because it. it was trending under the Tonya Harding line, Tonya wasn't Har it? Well, yeah, I saw Tonya Hard Harding. I was like, what's she done? This is a this is a blast <gasps> from the past. But of course, she she injured her well fellow well, it was a competitor, wasn't it? Her, her, her ice skating friend, mm. apparently, who was her rival, but supposed to be her friend. But yeah, absolutely crazy. It's really, really sad. Um, if if she's of course found guilty, I was shown this brilliant um tweet by our producer Doogie, and there's a gentleman flying a flag, a huge flag with lots of information on it, at a Lens game. Okay. And we've looked. It's a Lance fan. He's a recent graduate. He's called Jean Guichard, and he dreams of working for his boyhood club. Um, they won 4-0 against Troyes, 
or Troyes. I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce that, but I'm sure you'll help me, Kate, because you spend a lot of time. I know the first. one, but I don't. I actually don't know how you Troyes. say it either. I don't. Yeah. I don't know actually. Well, they've, yeah. they've maybe beaten Nottingham anyway. Four nil. There you go. Anyway, this flag. He actually printed out his CV really neatly and brilliantly onto a giant flag and waved it around during the game in the hope of it being spotted. In the hope that all of his um, sort of skills and information about how brilliant he thinks he is and why he should work for his boyhood club doesn't go unnoticed which it didn't and yeah i'm just hoping he gets the job at his club yeah. so well done for being oh, very creative well to him did you see dominic calvert lewin on the front of of on plus yeah. magazine and i just want to absolutely it. celebrate this i love his style mm -hmm. anyway i've spoken a lot on this podcast about how i think he's brilliant and um, he's wearing a prada outfit it's got kind of a white shirt with small black polka dots on it. He's wearing a black tie and flared shorts, which of course Twitter thought was a skirt, went into meltdown a little bit, but it's actually a pair of flared shorts. Not that it matters, skirt or shorts or skorts as they, as it probably is technically in fashion terms. Um, he looked brilliant, topped off with a pink jeweled handbag slung across his body, all Prada. Um, and he said before, hasn't he, how he likes to experiment with his look, especially when he has mm. to wear the same old training gear every day. And I just thought, Do you know what? That is a great message. Just absolutely owning his style. Thought that was amazing. Yeah. Loved it. I loved it. And it's sort of challenging those gender norms a bit, isn't it? Yeah, I just absolutely. Thought it was brilliant. Really brilliant. Um, yeah. And he looks great. What about the Christmas adverts which have come out? with Marcus Rashford featuring in the Aldi advert. It's brilliant. It's about lots of little vegetables going on a hunt and they fly across some Christmas dinner. And I won't ruin it if you haven't seen it, but um, Marcus Rashford features in it and he's tweeted, he said, I might not win an Oscar, but I think he was quite proud of his little, his little cameo within the Aldi advert. So look Aww. out for that. It's sweet. It's a lovely, And Mason lovely... Mount is the um, snow angel in another at, um, at a Christmas ad, I noticed. Without his teeth, or probably with his teeth. At that yeah, point. exactly. Did you not tell me, Hayley, that Marcus Rashford was Marcus Radishford? He's Marcus <laughs> Radishford. Or did I just Love completely it. make Don't... that up? No, that is absolutely true. There were all these little vegetables and vegetables. Oh, so they've are... been renamed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Creating just to Christmas finish dinner. off with, because we are running very short on time, we're all a bit heartbroken here. We were talking last week about the departure of Jeff Stelling from sports. But it has oh, presented yeah. something of an opportunity. And would you believe it? There's a bit of home interest for us here at the Offside Rule. Yeah. Uh, there was a tweet by that. Football Super Tips. Who do you think should be Jeff Stelling's replacement? Who's in at number three, five to two? Our very own Hayley McQueen. Can you oh, believe this? Awesome. At number one, Julian Warren, what? 11 to 10. David Jones, two to one. Hayley McQueen, five to two. Ahead of Kelly Cates, Laura Woods, Kirsty Gallagher. So there you go, Hayley. You are the wow. top ranked Fancy woman. Fancy Hayley? Yeah. Oh, uh, let's yeah. get an exclusive quote. Definitely. I don't, I think Julian Warren deserves to do it though. I'd be a bit gutted if they brought someone from outside in. I think he's been sort of in waiting for all of these years. And I'd like to see Sky Sports News presenters don't often get the chance to progress and work across other channels at Sky. They have done in the past a little with Ed Chamberlain and with David Jones, but we've had a lot of people brought in from outside, which I think is brilliant. I think the appointment of Kelly Cates is wonderful. She's an excellent broadcaster. We've got Caroline Barker. We've got Michelle Owen. We've got Emma Saunders but about to work. Without you being so nice, would you like the job? 
I would work <laughs> alongside. I would like it to be two presenters. I, I was going to say that would be yeah, a really nice, nice combo. I think it would. Um, and you I need think, about 10 to replace Jeff, to be well, fair. He's so brilliant, isn't do. he? You do. You need a whole team. Not that you're not. You would. Um, no, no, I totally. There'll never be anyone to directly replace Jeff. So I think that's why maybe I think they could and should shake it up a bit. The panel's already changed around quite a bit. And I think that's quite fresh. I'd like to see yeah. them in a much bigger studio. I'm not saying BT Sport is better than Soccer Saturday, but I like what they do. I like the kind of Daryl Curry, Jules Breach type role that they have there with the different uh, pundits yeah. and experts. So I think it would be nice if Sky did a little something like that. Um, and I'd I'm love gonna to be involved for it as well. Thanks. Yeah, and oh. and actually in in some of the replies, Lindsay's name's also been mentioned yeah. as well. As long I as bet, you remember me when you're both famous, that's all I can say. Okay, we'll um, try. We, we should probably wrap it up there. Uh, Ali, it's been so lovely Thanks, to have Ali. you on. Um, so lovely. To what chat. are you? Whereabouts are you next? Because it's, it's obviously the international break. Is it quieter for you, or are you off to sort of here, there, and everywhere? It's actually. I try to make it a little bit quieter. I do have a lot of stuff going on, sort of aside from the actual kind of day jobs as well. So it's it is busy. But I'm back at um, Tottenham against Leeds. Then I've got Chelsea against Manchester United. So a couple of games coming up. Um, but yeah, it never really stops. But I am going to try. Do you know what? I'm going to try and have a facial this oh, week and just do something for nice for myself yeah. because you know what you just don't get a chance and just to relax and just you know try and yeah oh, amen so to that it's important, yes isn't it? <laughs> definitely um Hayley what are you up to over the next few days I think just a lot of sports news um as we record this I'll be heading in to cover the Scotland game um we'll be working quite a bit over the weekend and then like you Ali I'm having my first my first spa day since Ayla was born two years oh, ago next lovely. Wednesday and I'm very very excited about Gosh, it. Gosh, I've got so massive I'll, FOMO now. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll, um, I'll be completely lost. <laughs> when we record the pod next week, Scotland will of course have won their games. They'll have that have put yeah. in excellent performances. I'll have had a lovely spa day and I'll be on top form to record the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, Ali, come back and speak to us again soon. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for Take having me. Take care of yourself. Yes, please do. Uh, for those listening, it is at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us, maybe you want to send me a picture of your facial as well, just to really rub it in. Um, <laughs> and you can get in touch with us via the website too, offsiderulepodcast.com. Plenty of content there for you to get your chops round. And um, we'll be back next week speak to you then you've been listening to the offside rule part of the athletic podcast network keep up to date with everything offside at offsiderulepodcast.com and by following at offside rule pod on twitter and insta check out all of the athletics football podcasts on apple spotify and all the usual places or listen ad free on the athletic app The Athletic. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.